The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. And you are hearing Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Today we're going to share with you an excerpt from the December 10th, 2018 encounter with a friend of Medjugorje here at Caritas during the five days of prayer for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. This prayer event has been held each year since 1993. And during this time, a friend of Medjugorje shares his experience with Our Lady and his understanding of the messages. And so today you're going to hear a short excerpt from one of these encounters. And so this is a friend of Medjugorje, December the 10th, 2018. There's a lot of things that we could talk about, about Medjugorje right now and the situations where we are. But it doesn't take a lot to realize that the world's in trouble the thing is, is the trouble we have, we don't have an answer for it. The church doesn't have an answer for it. We have the U.S. Bishops' Conference meeting. They're told not to do anything about it until they have a global meeting, which is part of the global mentality. Everything is settled from the top, and it never works that way. It's always from the bottom. Our lady didn't come here 
to convert the world. She came to convert the individual to convert the world. Everything in our government, everything in our church, everything is always global. Climate change, all these things, it's an agenda. When you understand the principle of what LA is here for is the world will change for you individually. How many people you come in contact, your family, what your surroundings are, that's your world. You don't know what's going on in Bangladesh, but the family there does. So really our world, we hear about it, and we all have this going global, this mentality. It's from the devil. And when you hear it, immediately that should be a red light for you. What we're not getting is a green light to Medjugorje. Medjugorje is the answer. Our lady came and picked six people who were normal. Padre Pio received the stigmata because he was holy. St. Francis received the stigmata because he was holy. But we don't have six visionaries that were necessarily holy. These six visionaries were just normal people, no different than you were. And Our Lady brought these six youth to holiness. Not the village first. It was first to these individuals she chose. And they were asked, why were we chosen? It wasn't because of anybody else. It's because you was normal. That I can show and witness to you that you can become saints. And from there, of course, the village was converted. And from there, Our Lady goes from the Thursday messages in 1984 to 1986. And January 8th in 1987, she says, Now what it is my Lord wanted is now being fulfilled. When I read that message, I thought, Well, everything's over. We're just getting started. I'm just pushing Caritas along. And she says, From now I'll give you fewer messages, but once each month on the 25th. And that's the point where she went global, from the individual to the world, not from the world to the individual. So we have people dictating things to us, showing the way that we're going to behave, which is going to be always against Christianity. It doesn't go to, to Buddha. It doesn't go to Muhammad. It goes to Christians. It goes to Jesus Christ. That's the attack. And the individual can stand up against that. But a whole body controlled by government can't. So we've been into this underneath Our Lady's apparitions for 37 years. We've been hitting it here for 32 years. When I was in business for 15, 20 years before that, I was hitting it like we're hitting now. There's a phenomenon that's known as the runner's wall. If you're running a marathon... What takes place is you lose all your body fluids, your glycogen, all this depletes, and you, everybody hits that around 20 miles in the run in the marathon, maybe 21, 22 miles, but you hit that. And so you can equate that to 37 years of apparitions of Our Lady, that we've been hitting it over and over and over. And what does that do? It makes you weary. Every runner gets that. Do you continue your energy at 20 miles that was when you started the marathon? We have enthusiasm when we get converted. We do everything. We start getting away from sin. We're almost invincible. And then Satan attacks and all kinds of problems. We get wore down and wore down and wore down. And we have to realize that it's perseverance. And you can't change everything immediately. 
Why do you need perseverance? Because you have to have, with perseverance, waiting on God, patience. The first thing in our life we have to do when we really go through conversion is order. Disorder is never a quality that you want to have. And that's mostly what we have. Our whole situation is disorder. So on the extreme of conversion, or what the qualities is to be good, is first order. Not faith and hope or holiness, all these things. It's order. You have to put your heart in order. You have to put your soul in order. And from there, you've got to persevere in that. And while you're persevering, it's not going to come tomorrow because our lady is going to give you cognition. You're going to go through difficulties. The visionary, as soon as they saw the joy of our lady, they received equal amount of pressure against them and persecutions and crosses and difficulties. That's part of the playbook. It purifies you because we all attain, especially in this age of time, of what the world has given to us and what has happened to us. So your extremes actually on the qualities that need to be good starts with disorder and it ends with charity. Why? Your second thing is perseverance. The third is patience. You have to wait on Our Lady. You have to be purified. You have to go through these situations or whatever it may be through patience. And when you have order... And I mean physically order in your house, in your business, in your operations. But first in your heart, and that manifests in what you do, you don't leave something that you know in that cabinet is going to fall out when the next person opens it up because you're loving your neighbor. You keep order. You're thinking about the next person. You want to leave it cleaner than what you found it. That's order. And if you can do that, you start doing the same thing contagiously to your soul. It's not being scrupulous. It's just order. Our Lady did everything with order. They were poor. And the poor man guy talks about Joseph coming back in one time, and Maria Vatorta is explaining how neat he was. They were impoverished, but she had any little holes in his cloak all sewed up. She kept order, even in poverty. So it's not an excuse if you don't have the money to do it. Physical order reflects an interior order. So when you get order, you have Satan attacking to you. You have to be persevering. And from there, you have to be patient to let God give you the graces, let things work out because you're going to be picking and growing new fruit. doesn't come over to the next day. It takes the patience. And from there, you start feeling stronger. You see these things. And then the next thing you need is humility. You have to stay humble. And once you've gone through those four phases... Then you come to the point that you'll be charitable. Then you go to the external. You go to others and you give them conversion. So it begins with order and it ends with charity. And that's the plan of Our Lady. Our plan of Our Lady is to convert you, change, and then that you live for others. That's charitable, not for yourself. No selfishness. No pride once you start receiving the graces. We're somebody because of God... We're not somebody because we're somebody on ourselves. So I bring these things up because this wears you down. There's people that run a 25-mile marathon, and they're not running across the finish line, even with the wind. Many of them are just walking, barely getting across. That's where we are, and some of you are there the same way. We 
go sleepless. We push ourselves. We push ourselves to exhaustion. And Jesus and the poor man, God speaks about this. If you're going to be an apostle, he expects fatigue. Well, Jesus wouldn't do that. Mary's the mother. She wouldn't do that. At the end of the marathon of the apostles, the worst time that they had it after three years was Holy Thursday. They were wore out to the point where they abandoned Jesus. And Jesus even says to Peter, James, and John in the Garden of Eden, can't you stay awake for one hour? No, Jesus, we can't. Because we've been there and we understand that right now. And Jesus was expecting that. That fatigue, I expect you to stay awake. Physically, they couldn't do it. They wanted to, they will, but the body wouldn't do it. So the spirit has to conquer the body. It's really an amazing thing that the worst time that they had was right before dawn of the crucifixion and the resurrection. Everything they had been working for. We're 37 years into this thing. And it's tiring. But Our Lady doesn't expect us to excuse ourselves because of fatigue. You have to push through everything. You have to push beyond what you have. And that's physically and spiritually. So we're in a moment of everything coming together. And it's been said, and I've told you on our talks and writings, that when you've been treading water, when you're lost at sea, that when the rescue ship sees you, that's when people drown because they relax. At the end of the marathon, I've got it. But they have to keep pushing and pushing. And you've got to draw on something beyond what is not in the body, just your will. And sometimes that's all we have is our will. So your runner wall, we're hitting in Medjugorje for many people. Satan went before God. When he appeared, God says, look at Job. Nobody on the earth is like him, this righteous man. And Satan says, you just give me time with him. And he granted that. He said, was God do that? Well, we know Pope Leo heard the voice of Satan talking to God. Give me a century. So God does that. He allows that. Why? Because the rewards in heaven are so great that we have to be tested to see where we're going to be married at. And it's so great that what you turn against of, hell is so great in what it is. Nothing is more to the maximum of what hell is in punishment. So we have these situations biblically that this takes place. We went through a conversation you could reason out in 1981 that if you talk to somebody and says, go Google this, they're going to say, what? Nobody knew what the word was. It turned into a name, and then it turned into a verb. It's words and new language we never heard of before. And that verbiage has be on the cloud, selfies, surfing the net, and the list goes on and on and on. Anybody just 30 years ago, you ask and you would be a foreign language. It's so radical. So Satan asked God, you give me a communication to outtrap mankind. And God says, just like Job, okay, you have it. So Satan's got a new language. He speaks constantly to us. It's through the tech industry as to what they're doing. And it's taking quantum leaps, even right now, of things you're not even aware of, of where we're headed. So what happened with Job? 
He was restored from everything. God came back to him. What did Our Lady do? When Satan comes up there and asks for this, let me go to the earth. For what? I want to give them a new language. I want to give them something because this new language that you're talking about, you're granting to the devil to take over all mankind. I want to counter it. And what is that language? The messages. The messages of a lady, which is love. But the messages of a lady is a new language. There is things happening with these messages that she speaks to us and is going to remain here to the end of the earth to counter the language of Satan with all the technological things advancing. If we didn't have her, we would be all swooned into every, every little corner of this thing and be completely controlled. It's a dangerous system now, very dangerous. And you carry it around with you everywhere you go. You can't escape it. The Bible says, who can escape it? The Antichrist system. So Our Lady has to bypass that. God says, okay, you go down there and give whatever language you want. And her messages is literally a new language. It's not, even though you recognize the words, it's in English, it's different. We've never had something like this before. Because if you see five words of hers, there's one million words behind that statement to the end of time that that will speak to millions and hundreds of millions and billions of people. The language that they give us is predicated by, you know, the message. And that's why I'm explaining it in a new way today for the first time to you. This is why she said, I'm going to give messages as never before in the history of the world since this beginning. Why? Because Satan appeared before the throne of God to get his language. I mean, words that don't only, if you've got half the words we're speaking now in the tech industry, most of the words, nobody just 30 years ago would have any idea what you're talking about. Where did it come from? Can you reason out? Is it really a great thing? Oh, it's convenient. It helps us with this. It helps us with that. But it helps us to put this darkness over us and suppress us and keep us under control. So she's the icebreaker. She's coming to break through this thing to show that I can speak to you in a new language with words that aren't there. When you read these few words, you'll see the words and the communication I'm communicating to you. It's a wonderful thing. It's a very profound thing. There is in us a sense of belonging. We want to be around people. People say, they don't want to be around people. And you know the story about Maria telling me after the apparition, I won't uh, start a community here. And I responded, I moved to get away from people. And now we have people here all the time. But still, the human heart needs to be around people. We get consoled when people come here because when their soul gets the grace, that's consolation that you're working for a lady and what happens to it. And we know this is a place of conversion. But there is a longing in the human heart to belong. We were getting some of these Christmas trees. We go and bring one of our big trucks. So all the kids are with us. We're out there. It's a bunch of people out there. A truck it came in that afternoon when we got them. And our kids are running all over the place. And they're picking a tree up. They're giving this. Faith is about that tall. She's picking these trees up. They're wrapped up and carrying them around. I started noticing people 
like a mother with two kids or a dad with two, three kids over here and a mom and dad with the, together, watching all of our kids. They were all over the place picking this tree. Let's look at this. And they'd hold it up. And then they'd carry this thing and just struggling. And all these other kids are just standing there with their parents. And this one dad stops, it was to Victoria, and says, where are y'all from? And she said something about it. And then he turned to his kids. He said, look at these kids. They all have cowboy boots. So we got 15 kids running around with cowboy boots and the adults with cowboy boots. And I looked around. Everybody's watching us. And they had a lot of people there. It was really packed. And we, we had to get 20 trees or so. So we're lining them up. And we stayed there for an hour. But this dad started telling his kids, look at these kids here. And they asked, the dad asked Victoria, what, what do y'all do? And she said, have y'all got horses? Yes. We got animals. We do this. And he asked us questions. And he turned to his kids and said, this is what they do, and explaining it. Because he knows where his kids is, and the setting that they're in, they don't have what our children have. They weren't running around. They wasn't excited. They were just, they, I had to go get a tree with mom and dad. It's not even fun for them, because they're distracted for what they got in their hand. But the dad persisted, wanted to know where we were, what we did, and who we were. But really what it was was a sense of belonging. They saw all of us having fun. And none of those families really had fun. It was more of a chore. It wasn't like the other kids wasn't with other kids. And when you're just only singular, isolated, introverted into your family, you can't belong. You don't feel, even though you have that, you can't build everything on family day. We don't like Clinton, and you don't like Clinton, but she wrote the book, Takes a Village to Raise a Child. And actually, that's the truth. Now, what she was putting down is half-truth to twist it around. But a village setting... Is important. Children have to be around that. Adults have to be around that. So, and this is just one example of, of our children being, and not just children, but adults. When we're together, we're just doing that. We've talked about this many times. People are attracted to us. We don't do anything out of the ordinary. But it's part of the language with the words. The manual comes with the grace that Our Lady draws people to us over and over. The first day we were doing the tabernacle, one of you said, I just, I just came here. I think she said, I'm here for the first time. I just see love all over the place here. And it's true. It is a place of love. Why? Because a lady brought love, and she is love, and she stamped us with that love. We're the one that fail it many times because we're sinners. But it is a place of love, and it's a place of belonging. We welcome people into our houses, into our life. You're joining the community while you're on our grounds. And that's why we tell you, don't bring your cell phones here. Don't do these things because you be what we are and experience something different. And it brings conversion, it brings freshness, another way, another look. So we're entering into a level now where Our Lady is starting to expose many, many things. And this song right now will kind of tell you where we are and where we're headed. And there was a time not long ago when the sun did shine And the sower sowed And the rain did rain And the crops did grow It was a time before machinery A time before certainty A time before we bought the lie A time before the farmer died When we had trusting hearts and human souls was a time not very long ago 
is a giver of good things. Our lady said once, there are many things which are evil. I remember going in grammar school where the nuns told us everything was good because God gave it to us. But we have reverted and transformed and trans everything to the opposite and made evil things. This transition from one to the opposite as if for God. And that's why Our Lady said also that the West had made great civilization progress as if they are their own creator. It's a road to disaster. It can make you profit if you reason it and you can see where this is going. Awake me, Lord. Open my eyes to your beauty. Awake me, Lord. Open my mind to your mercy. Merciful sunshine, merciful rain. This is Our Lady. She is merciful sunshine and the merciful rain that we need to be washed, just like knowing the flood. And it's through the heart. It's through the intellect. It's manoia, which means mentality, change of mentality which means conversion. We must go through conversion. And when we need to go in our mentality of converting what's in the world, then not everything is good. We've trenched all this stuff, all these things, to something God never intended. I just got through writing in one of our last writings, 
In China, they are doing altering genetically embryos, modifying them. And this is an atheist country. But there's a whole movement by other scientists against these scientists. There's a separation, even in atheism. And they're moving toward the light, even if they don't understand what that's about. Because souls can read which way you want to go. You want to trespass against domains, when we might say trespass against God. They may see it just as a domain, that we don't go there because it's going to be a disaster. So we're on a trajectory that is headed toward disaster. Our lady is trying to get us off that train to a safe station. And she's it. You are listening to an excerpt from an encounter with a friend of Medjugorje on December 10th, 2018. This took place during the five days of prayer for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. An annual prayer gathering taking place at Caritas of Birmingham since 1993. The full version of this encounter with a friend of Medjugorje as well as the December 11, 2018 encounter, can be obtained as a complete package titled Get Your Own House in Order, a four-CD set available for just $12.95. To obtain your copy, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Outside of the U.S., dial 001-205-672-2000. Or you can visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on Shop Online. When calling in or placing your order online, be sure to use the item number CD1037. Now, here is a friend of Medjugorje to conclude today's encounter. There's new technology right now called brain fingerprinting. It's all coming out right now. And they're going to use it to fight crimes. I saw something about two or three years ago. And basically, they're going to be able to tell you by your brain waves, if you're walking down the street and you're going to rob somebody, they'll be able to detect that by the pattern. So that being the case, Facebook just relayed that they have technology that they've been working on that we allow them to transcribe from brain thought your emails in their mind-reading effort. They started that in 2017. They already now have where they can put on this cap for employees and tell that what they're thinking would be that they're aggravated or they're in certain states of mind, and they can read that. They just made, they call these sensor caps, and so the boss will be able to monitor your brain waves. And if that sees a problem, you can get fired. So they have these thoughts that you have, and they call it thought crimes, that they can start detecting. But what is a crime? If you're working somewhere, or you're thinking of something different? They don't even know now what to do this because of free speech is protected. How do you protect thoughts? You say, well, that's still way off. They're going to be able to tell, reveal, it'll reveal religious preferences, your likes, your dislikes. Before the information, if the person wants to express it and reveal it, they can detect this before that. But the technology is like 
really crazy. I want to read to you what happened last week. New technology released last week is a camera device they use on animals. It takes pictures of the animal and then can read the thoughts of the animal. A series of pictures shows the animals thinking about moving before it does. It can read the mind and where the animal is going to move. They've done it in rats, geese, chickens, and dogs. They shoot the device at the animal and can see the moment of decision and can predict the movements. Just think about that on the scope of a rifle. There's no escape because it knows which way you're going to move. What if the government gets that? What if he's looking for Christians? Google announced in an evolutionary leap Thursday night, last week, that there's a new breakthrough in artificial intelligence. It now has its own human-like intuition. They gave a chessboard, chess pieces, and a clock to an artificial intelligence robot. Told it nothing, and the clock there in front of it. Within four hours, it figured out what it was and could beat a grandmaster and it was not told one thing. How do you stare at something like a chessboard and reason out how it's played without being told anything of what it is? This is last Thursday. So you have right now England starting to implement these things. And so you wonder what our lady's here for. She's here because there is an antichrist system. And it's going to be useful wickedness because that kind of power, we already see what Facebook does. We see what Zuckerberg's doing. We see all these people, what they're after. Power, it becomes a point when you got all the money in the world, it doesn't have anything that tantalizes you anymore. And you seek power. That's where it goes to. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That axiom comes because that's the truth. So our lady's here with us to show us to get ourselves in order, to be patient, to be persevering, that she's putting us in charge of the world in its direction. And that is a very tall order to fill from Our Lady to lead the world in its direction. And it is our hope and prayer that hearing these words from a friend of Medjugorje will strengthen you and your vocation in living the messages in your everyday life. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, BVM Pilgrimages, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave 24 Hours. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.